I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD Everybody, what is going on? Episode 207 of the podcast tonight. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Um, episode 207 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hope everybody's having a good night, or hope you're having a good day. As I am recording, it is late. Uh, late Tuesday night as you are listening it is Wednesday uh, it's technically Wednesday morning as I speak as it's past midnight you know as we just finished up the second game of the uh, I'm sorry the final game of the Knicks West Coast trip um, but as you're listening to this it should be Wednesday January 27th um, so I hope I hope we're having a good middle of the week here Almost there. Almost there. So, this past weekend, uh, it was a pretty eventful weekend for sports. Right? We had the... Um, the uh, we had, On Saturday, we had the uh, Conor McGregor fight. You know, I had a lot of... Uh, first of all, the... the the fight draw drew a lot of hype, rightfully so. It was a good fight uh, for for as long as it lasted. But um, a lot of people were were picking McGregor to win this thing. You know, coming off a solid victory against Cowboy, um, the last time he fought, which was a long he, he had a long layoff. You know, and that was kind of you know it could have been it, it probably played a factor in why he um did not look. Um, in his greatest shape, despite him saying he was in great shape heading into the fight this past Saturday. You know, he gets knocked out in the second round uh, by Poirier. And um, he takes it humbly. You know, he pretty much said it. He said he he took his defeat with the right mindset. And, you know, Poirier came into this fight as the underdog, but he came out of the fight now even more popular than he was before. He's that was an impressive victory to attack Connor the way he did with those calf kicks. Pretty much that's what it was. It was those calf kicks. You know, Connor had it going early with those shoulder strikes, you know, up against Poirier on the fence. Um, but and I'm I'm no little fucking MMA expert, so don't don't you know, take this wrong, but, um, you know, look, from what I was seeing, it looked like Connor had him early with the shoulder strikes, and then Poirier just, I, I guess, progressively just kept beating him down, wearing him down with those calf strikes, and that kind of, you know, got Connor up against the fence in the corner, and then that's where Poirier just attacked him with a bunch of, you know, punches, just nailing him in the face, and just like that, it, it was called off, um, and it was it was an excellent upset, 
you know, but now it's putting Poirier on the map and he's made it known he wants to fight anybody who wants him. And uh, maybe it also answered some questions for McGregor, right? Everybody was saying, oh, is he going to get that Habib rematch? Uh, is he ready for it now, right? I don't know. I don't know. After seeing that, it's... I don't know, man. It's tough. I'm not a McGregor hater. I know if you don't love McGregor, you hate him. I really like that. And, and uh, honestly, I respect... Listen, I respect every one of those guys in MMA, man. I mean, just to... to it's It's got to be the most difficult sport out there. I think it's pretty far and away the most difficult sport out there. I don't even consider it a sport. You know, I don't... It, it's not a game. This is real. Right, you can play football, you can play basketball, play baseball, play tennis, whatever, play hockey, soccer. You don't play fighting. You don't play. This is real, right? The concept of MMA is to beat the living shit out of your opponent, right? The concept in football is sure you hit each other, but the concept is you you, you need to push that ball all the way down to you know a hundred yards. You need to get it to the end zone. Find a way to get the ball to the end zone. Basketball, you have to, you know, shoot that sphere into the cylinder. Baseball, you have to hit the ball over the fence. Fighting, you don't win until you either knock him out, submit him or her, or, you know, win by decision, which means you last every single round. And that is brutal. Each and one of those results are brutal. So that's why I just have the ultimate respect for these guys. They are going out there and doing some dangerous shit. They have to sustain this. They have to withstand this damage to their body. And then they go back out there. And then they keep doing it. Every round, every fight. It's incredible. So I don't hate. I don't I don't take time to hate on these guys. And not to take away any other athletes out there. But there are a lot of other prima donna athletes that I just can't get behind. And when I watch MMA, I don't see any prima donnas out there. I see... Guys going out there and just doing something I, I could never do. It is barbaric, but it is respectable. You know, that sport teaches a lot of respect, too. But So that's why I don't hate anybody, man. I can't hate anyone. I, I'm a McGregor guy. I'm also a Habib guy. I know they hate each other. I just like every one of these guys. I like Covington. He's cocky. He did the whole Trump thing for a while. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see where he goes now. Um, Usman. I like all these guys, man. Masvidal. I have so much respect. You know, I had I had money on this, this McGregor thing. You know, I was hoping he would take it, but I lost a lot. I lost some on Hooker. Chandler beat he Chandler beat Hooker. That was the co-main event. Um, I had some money on the prelims. I won a couple of the early prelims, but lost them once we saw Hooker and McGregor get upset. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much my take on this weekend. Um, I don't want to waste too much time because we're already off track. We're not even supposed to be talking MMA. This is on the Knicks. Um, but. Before we do get to the next guys, uh, first of all, thank you for stopping by episode 207 of the podcast. This is BD4, sponsored by Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. To begin your podcast, it's the best way to make a podcast. Uh, guys, you're listening to episode 207 of BD4. You can find us on my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Um, go there, find the podcast and the many platforms where you can listen or watch the podcast. Um, 
And while you're on my website, you may as well follow me on social media. You can see me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And you can also subscribe to the blog that I write. It's right on my website as well. So guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, you know, the Yankees have been making moves, and I'm thinking about putting an, uh, an episode out for the Yankees soon. Maybe sometime in the next week I'll have something about the Yankees. Maybe this weekend uh, I'll publish an episode and you know talk about the Yankees. Because they made some moves since the last time we spoke. And, you know, the last Yankees episode we had uh, was Greg and I discussing. Greg's from Yankee Crazy Podcast. We discussed the DJ LeMayu signing. That was really the last big thing um, that happened at the time. But since then, some things have gone on. You know, uh, the Yanks just recently traded Adovino to Boston. I thought that was hilarious. Um, was not an Adovino fan. Uh, we find out Tanaka is officially leaving us, going back to Japan. Very thankful for his service here. He was excellent. Um, I think he lived up to every penny. Uh, last year, was it did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth, but you know what? This guy, for the most part, was a postseason master for the Yankees um, before those two debacle of starts he had. <laughs> but... um. You know, the regular season, I don't give a shit. He was a postseason master. Um, so that happened. Adovino happened. Uh, a couple of other things happened. We signed Jameson Tyone from Pittsburgh. That's going to be, you know, nice. The, the rotation seems to be... So my thing with the rotation has never been about the ceiling. It's always been about the floor. Right? The ceiling has gotten better with the Jameson Tyone signing and or trade, and the Corey Kluber signing. The ceiling has gotten better, but it's still the floor that kind of scares me, right? The ceiling has never been my issue. What these guys are capable of has never been my issue. I never questioned that they have potential to be very good. My issue with that rotation has always been they might not peak out. They, you know, they might what happens if they don't peak out? They're very mediocre for a World Series contender, supposedly. And that's uh, that's still a little unanswered for me, right? I would rather have some guys with some more promise, some stability. Jameson Tyone's got the potential, but he doesn't have a resume of deep success. Yes, Coy Kluber does, but he's 35. I would rather, you know, I wish, you know, I'm not going to pick and choose and be nitpicky here. That we would have had, that we have more guys like Cole, guys in their prime, who have, who are in, in the middle of success, while they've had history of it as well, right? And that would have been nice to get Trevor Bauer, but obviously the whole luxury tax thing, we're trying to be, be you know, frugal here. Um, I, I just wish we had some more guys that we knew were going to give us something good, right? Don't know we're going to get that with Severino. We could, again, as the, Severino's another guy could be really good, but you don't know. Corey Kluber, does he have that one more great year left in him? You know, Jordan Montgomery, there's no guarantee he does his thing. There's a lot of questions still. And again, we're going to have an episode on the Yankees. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't want to waste too much time with bullshit. Because we still have the Knicks to talk about. Um, but I do want to get to one thing on a more serious note. Obviously, everybody knows today, as I'm recording, it is January 26th, 2021. Um, 
last year, man, incredible how it's it's already been twelve fucking months. Kobe Bryant, I crazy because after that happened, each month that passed by, I was like, wow, it's already been two months. Wow, it's already been three months. It's already been six months. A half a year, guys. It's already been ten months, and here we are. It's already one year since the tragedy of the nine individuals in that plane in that helicopter. I remember it, man, just like it was yesterday. I'm sure I'm never going to forget any moment of that night. I was watching, I think I was just finishing up watching, it was either the Knicks game or some NBA game. I was scrolling on Twitter and I saw a bunch of RIP Kobe tweets, Kobe Bryant. I do probably what everybody else did. Pull up another tab and go on Google. Search Kobe's name and there it is. All over the feed. Helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. I still don't believe it, you know, because I'm just in disbelief and total utter shock. I turn on the TV, ESPN, it's flashing red on the ticker. Two anchors are talking about it, and they stopped the Pro Bowl to talk about it. And, you know, it's just so sad. So, one year since today, and it's incredible that we're even, like, I don't know, It's I don't have anything, like, to input that'll make you know his family feel better but I, I just feel for them so much man and I know it doesn't get easier you know it never does get easier you're never going to forget about that it's always going to hurt the same but I just hope that they can find some kind of peace going forward I hope because this is his daughter man I just his, his wife and his, his other daughters Man, did he have one other daughter? Maybe two other daughters. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. But I just pray for his family that they continue to heal from this and try to move on as best as they can. But Kobe Bryant, man, I rest in peace to him. Never gonna forget that man. And, and he, he was one of my favorite players of all time. I always joked about how my three favorite players of all time were three gigantic ball hogs. I was a big Carmelo Anthony guy. Big Allen Iverson guy and a big Kobe Bryant guy, but those are three guys who could just put the ball in the net, no question. And Kobe Bryant, just a ridiculous basketball player, one of the greater players of all time, better than James. <clears throat> what? Um, so, you know, I, even better person. I'm sure he's a, he was a wonderful husband, wonderful father. And um, yeah, so just rest in peace. God bless his family. I'm playing, uh, praying for his family still to this day. And uh, crazy how it's already been that long. Crazy, it's already been that long. It's it's so man, it's so disappointing. But that's that's you know that's why I always try to live life to the fullest every day, man. It's always why I try to take it. I don't care how cliche it sounds, but try to never take life for granted and be fortunate that you wake up each and every day and you should just be fortunate you're living, you're breathing.
there's air out you're 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 living a life you know i'm so fortunate for that and um because anything could happen at any time to anybody you know we're so we take everything for granted so often we we just assume we're going to be here tomorrow and just like that something could happen so i guess that's what i'm taking from this and what everybody should really try and take from it is that you never know you know you got to live life to the fullest act like you're not going to be here there's that whole yolo yolo saying you know that's that's the way you got to live all right, um, sorry I wasted about 15, 20 minutes of your time to open up, but uh, I did feel like that was important to say. Um, let's get to break, and when we get back to break, from break, we, you know, we'll get right into some things here. All right, be right back. Hey, fellows. So, really briefly, before we get back into things here, I just want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, to BD4, then you can go do that right now on my website. You can go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to this podcast, BD4, and if you want, follow me on social media and subscribe to the blog that I write, just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.com dot wordpress dot com forward slash connect guys thank you so much and let's get right back into it there were actually rumors um a few hours before the game started tonight in utah that the knicks were eyeing can't believe i'm even saying this derrick rose again I don't love that. Um, I have to look more into it, see the contract, see how he's playing, see how old he is, yada yada. But I just, I'm not for adding another veteran point guard. Uh, if we're going to go after a point guard, I, I think it should be Lonzo Ball, who has also been in rumors uh, for a bit now, but it's kind of, you know, uh, coming back up lately. Uh, so those things have been happening lately in the headlines. Maybe we do something there. You know, we have some chips. We have some picks, a lot of picks. So keep an eye on that. Lonzo Ball, Derek Rose. Um, so I saw that. You know, we have, listen, we get a point guard who can play make like Lonzo Ball. I think that's excellent, right? Guys, you know, he'll be good for Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Lonzo's an excellent guy in pick and roll, throwing up lobs. Um, Alec Burks, who has also been talked about as a trade chip, potentially, right? Flip him for some picks for the future. Um, Alec Burks. By the way, I feel like every Knicks fan I talk to says his name differently. Maybe it's because we've had Trey Burke on the team before, and that confuses everybody, but let's get this straight. It's Alec Burks. It's not Alex Burke. It's not Alex Burks. It's not Alec Burke. Burke. It's Alec Burks. <laughs> I've heard so many variations of this war guy's name. Oh my god. Alec Burks. You know. But I shouldn't be talking because it took me forever to figure out how to pronounce Tom Thibodeau's name. Is it Thibodeau? Is it Thibs? No, it's 
Thibodeau and Tibbs. I'm pretty sure. I'm still not 100% sure. Uh, but that's what I've been rolling with. Um, Alright, alright. Uh, enough bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get to game one. Or, sorry. Uh, game... 18 of the season. Uh, so the Knicks go and play the Portland Trailblazers to continue their West Coast trip. And they lose 116 to 113. Um, you know, game, pretty poorly officiated game. You know, there was a lot of questionable calls. There was that weird review at the end. Um, but you know, the Knicks have themselves to blame. They started pitiful. They were pathetic in the first half. They ended it pretty resiliently. Give them credit there. Uh, it was the IQ game. Again. Again, again. Um, uh, Alec Burks got the start. Alec Burks got the start. Um, and his Cantor played some defense for a change. A lot of weird things happened in that one. Uh, so, so the first quarter, out of the gate, the Knicks are slow. Uh, Damian Lillard going off, scores 15 points. Derek Jones Jr. scores 10 points. So those two combined to score 25 points. Portland goes off for 37 in the period. Uh, Lillard assists on four of those. I mean, they're just going off on the Knicks. And by the end of the first, it's 37-24 to Portland. Second quarter is more of the same. The Blazers just hitting everything. They're... 60%, almost 60% at halftime, up by 20 points. Third quarter comes. Out of the gate, Dame hitting jumpers left and right. Three really tough jump shots off the dribble. That's like less than two minutes into the period, three of them. He starts the game out 8 for 8, puts the Blazers up 25 points. And right then and there, I'm thinking it's it's starting to smell like a Theo Pinson game, right? An Iggy's An Iggy Brasdegas outing. Probably in the making here soon. But no. That's when IQ checks in for the fourth quarter. And he goes off. <laughs> he goes off. You know, uh, him, along with the Nick defense, pretty much taking the ball out of Dame Dollar's hand. And, you know, IQ goes off, gets some help from Julius, and the Knicks make a fake comeback. I wouldn't call it a fake comeback because they really actually... They played well the entire second half. They outscored Portland. They just had a really bad first half. Um... But in that second half, Portland uh, IQ gets it going in the fourth. Um, comes in, he scores eight points in a row about midway through the fourth quarter. Excuse me, uh, Randall starts to chime in too later on. You know, he gets a steal and lays it in with about 2:40 to go. That brings the Knicks within eight points. Um, at two minutes left, Randall scores again, brings the Knicks up seven or within seven points. Um, then IQ. Manuel quickly does his Lou Williams shit a couple of times. Uh, gets Simmons to foul him on a three-point attempt. Of course, he hits all three free throws. With This is with like a minute and 33 left. Brings the Knicks within three points. Randall then continues to play strong. He, you know, strong take to the rim. Finishes with about 30 seconds left on the clock. Uh, brings the Knicks within, four, Knicks within four points at the time. Uh, IQ goes back out there and does another you know, three point, a four point, uh, three point play. Gets fouled on a three, hits all three free throws again, brings the Knicks within a couple of points. Uh, even hits Mitch on a lob and a couple of, like, uh, following the, the possession later, following possession. But by then it's like a little too late. I'm trying to remember my best, but 
listen, the kid scored 21 of his 31 points in the fourth quarter. And, and um, uh, but the Knicks just couldn't get it done because of how bad they were in the first half. Uh, but it was a pretty poorly coached. These last two games are pretty poorly coached, in my opinion, by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, I understand I'm a fan. You know, I know it's not, I'm not supposed to say this. I'm not allowed to have an opinion. I get that professionals are 110% correct on 110% of the things they do, right? And fans are never correct just because they're fans, right? Professionals are never wrong and fans are always right. Isn't that how it goes? Is that the narrative now? So I get it, right? We're not allowed to use our brain. We're not allowed to use our mouth and have an opinion. Uh, but you know what? That's what this podcast is for. It's for me to express my own opinion. Um, I really did. You know, I thought this game was pretty poorly coached. You have IQ going off for 31 points in 24 minutes. Um, you know, four assists. He goes nine for 18, five for eight from deep, eight of eight at the free throw stripe. Versus Alfred Payton's eight points in 24 minutes. So IQ, once again, 31 points on 18 shots in 24 minutes. Alfred Payton, 8 points on 8 shots in 24 minutes. Not productive, getting ripped defensively, yet he still earned the same amount of minutes. He still played all of the first quarter and all of the third quarter. I am so sick of Alfred Payton. When Frank Nilakina comes back, he needs to be the backup point guard for IQ. You know, and if because if Tibbs is going to use, if Tom Thibodeau is going to use this defensive narrative, you know, the the the, the recycled, tiring bullshit notion that Peyton plays defense, <coughs> which is so false. Um, but if he's going to ride with that. He's going to be contradicting himself if he keeps playing him over Frank Dilakina when Frank gets back. Because at least Frank, as much as he doesn't do much on offense either, at least he is young. And there's some promise there that he'll eventually reach some kind of ceiling. Whereas Alfred Payton is already this mediocre veteran who's peaked out, right? As a 40% field goal guy, less than 30% three-point shooter. He's been the same player since day one. Frank is at least you know, barely over 20-something years old. He's at least an actual defensive player. He's an elite wing defender who can guard up to the smaller fours if he wanted to. EP is a mediocre defender who gets hyped up as a decent one. Okay, so while none of them are special offensively, if we're calling Peyton a good defender, and that's what Thibs is pretty much doing, Frank is fucking Kawhi Leonard out there. So that excuse will not make sense once Nilakina comes back. And he is, I think he's healthy. They're just not playing him. I really don't think his future looks right here. But unfortunately, man, that's where we are. I would rather fra uh, play fucking Frank Nilakina at the backup one. And I would have IQ start. And anybody telling you that IQ shouldn't be starting because of inconsistency is fucking... It's such nonsense. You know, I would rather sit through a rookie, go through his ups and downs, and you know, have a learning experience with inconsistencies than watch Alfred Payton be consistently 
bat consistently mediocre. And, you know, it's not about, if, if you think, if you value consistency more than, you know, a young, good player with upside, that's your issue. It shouldn't be about results with these young players right now. It just should be about promise and what they're showing you. And IQ is showing you that he has some promise. Listen, I don't even think this guy is going to be their starting point guard of the future. I don't. I'm like 80% of Knicks fans. I'm not calling for him to be their guy. I think eventually he's going to be this really good six-man, Lou Williams again, type of player. But for now, while we don't have that point guard, right, let's throw him out there. Because Alfred Payton is nothing but counterproductive. He's nothing but going in the wrong direction with this team. He doesn't pass to the guys he's supposed to be passing to. He ignores R.J. Barrett. He can't shoot the ball. He's not a modern-day point guard. He's just not a good player. Um, not a good starter. He can maybe be a, a decent backup for somebody, but I'm just tired of him. I'm done with him. I don't even want to see him in the rotation anymore, but um, that was part of the reason I thought it was a poorly coached game. IQ should have gotten more than 24 minutes. If he scored 31... And a double dozen. Imagine what he could have done in, you know, a triple dozen in 36 minutes. Um, I thought R.J. Barrett, you know, I, I had no, no, there was no reason um, for him to get excluded in the second half of that game. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. Third quarter, it looked like he was getting something going. He was four for nine. It wasn't even like he was doing bad. But he doesn't play. You know, he's been so hot of lately, and he was doing pretty fine, and Rivers is playing in his spot, despite playing really bad lately. We're going to get to tonight. Um, but he was playing in his spot. You can talk about matchups all you want. R.J. Barrett should have closed that game, right? And we said it in, an, in one of the articles to open up the season, or before the season, I said, like, I don't want to see Thibodeau go vets over youths late in the game, especially. Right, because I talked about in this article how last year there were times where Reggie Bullock would get minutes over RJ late just because we want to pick up the victory. I would rather, again, a young kid go through this learning experience and try to close out a game. And it wasn't, again, it's not like he was struggling. He was doing fine. Rivers was continuing to struggle. Um, so I didn't understand that. That's my second knock there on Thibs that game. Thibs, uh, he also took out Alec Burks. You know, he hit a couple of shots. Burks, he ended up going for 18 on 5 of 8, but he took him out at one point, which it was a really odd time to take him out. Uh, he only got 27 minutes. Would have liked for him to get at least 31, 32, a couple more minutes in there. I thought that was odd. You know, I thought that was really odd. So some, some really questionable decisions there. Uh, but the Knicks, you know... I don't know. Um, I, I thought Mitch, you know, should have gotten more looks. We're going to talk about Mitch, uh, Knox, Obi in a bit. I want to get to game two, recap that a little bit, and then we'll talk about more the individual aspects of things. So let's head to break one last time here. And uh, when we get back, we'll talk about game two, and we'll wrap this thing up in a bit. So BRB.
All right. So, um, one moment here. Just get my pen. Fixing something on my notes here. Uh, but game 19 of the season. Knicks Jazz. Knicks take the loss to the Jazz. They're third in a row. Falling to 8 and 11. Three games under 500 now. Uh, but the Knicks take the 94 or the 108 to 94 loss in Utah. Uh, listen, the Knicks were really, unlike unlike Portland, this was kind of a the opposite. Where the Knicks got off to a blazing hot start. No pun intended. Um, and the Jazz were really, really, really slow. You know, the Knicks were 8 for 15 from the floor, while the Jazz were 3 for 15 to start the game. I think they were 3 for 17 at one point, uh, Breen said. Randall and Barrett were playing really good in that first period. Um, Jazz found a rhythm eventually, some point in the second, but that wasn't long after, uh, well, it didn't last long after uh, Rivers caught fire. Um, the guy goes off for 25 points on 10 for 10 shooting, five triples in the first half. I mean, strong takes to the rim, tough shots from downtown off the bounce. Just something with, with Rivers and the Utah Jazz. He goes off on them. You know, I made a joke on Twitter. Only play Rivers against the Jazz because that's pretty much the only two games where he performed above expectations. Um, Rivers, RJ Randall, they propelled the Knicks off to a hot start and the Knicks go into intermission up 13 points. Um, you know, the defense was forcing excellent... Um, well, the defense for the Knicks was forcing poor shots. You know, an excellent shooting Jazz team forced to go into the paint and kick it out, but they were just missing everything. The Knicks were contesting them. Uh, Jazz were 23% from deep in the first half. Mitchell, Mike Conley, uh, Bogdanovich were 1 of 19 combined in the first half. So the Knicks were really doing a good job making them press. Uh, the second half, though, the second half was ugly. The Knicks came out of the gate with no energy, no spirit. Utah was just out hustling them. They were playing faster, swinging the ball around more, and those threes started falling. You know, pick and rolls, three-point shooting, just murdered the Knicks. 11-4 uh, to 4 Jazz run at the top of the third. A few minutes later, go on a 7 nothing run. They extend that to a 10-2 to run. Before you knew it, the Knicks were up just one point, entering the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter comes, they continue to do their thing. Pick and rolls, three-point shots. Gobert down low, cleaning the glass. Eaton on the glass. 19 rebounds that night, or that this this game. And on the flip side, the Knicks offense just could not score. They didn't score a point until the eight-minute mark where R.J. Barrett hit a triple. I made a good game, three for three from downtown. 17 points, um, but the Knicks mustered up just 13 points in the fourth quarter. You know, Utah ended up doubling that pretty much, and then some, with 28. Um, after the game, Mitchell Robinson put up another... This guy's like a social media troll. Trolling the fans, trolling the organization. Puts up a head-scratcher. Uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me, I forget, because he deleted it, actually, but I forget exactly what it said um it was like uh something 
they need to play me or they don't play me. They said they were going to play me or something like that. I mean, he got 31 minutes, but I think he's referring to, you know, just, just not getting shot attempts. And again, we're going to talk about Mitch more in a second. But yeah, game game 19 of the season was not great. The Knicks, uh, really bad second half. Um, you hope that this, I don't know, it was weird. It's another game where, again, I, I said in game 18, I blamed Tibbs. Tibbs. Christ, here I am again with that. Um, but I do it again here in game 19. I, I don't, I didn't love the, the way he coached. Um, you know, Rivers, a perfect 100%. 10 for 10 for 25 points in the first half. One of the greater performances in Nick history <laughs> in a half. Um, for what that's worth. <laughs> Gets completely iced. 10 for 10. And then he's just left with what? Three or four shots maybe in the second half of this one. You can argue that the Jazz adjusted, sure. But where was Th uh, Tom Thibodeau countering? I mean, we see this often. Tib you know, Tibbs doesn't have a counter for, for when teams adjust to hot-shooting Knicks. And the Knicks uh, just ice them out. And here's Rivers not getting anything. Airballing floaters. He went from draining tough shots to airballing layups and floaters in the second half. And... You know, the offense just had no rhythm again. It, listen, Tom Thibodeau's defense, great. You know, he's got the Knicks playing hard. But you need offense to survive. And his offensive scheme is, is non-existent. I don't think it's very good. He doesn't really have an offense. Outside of, you know, a couple of DHOs and pick and rolls and fades for Randall. We don't really have much. We have Alfred Payton over dribbling. While you have R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin spotting up on the elbow for three. You know, by the way, Obi's minutes are kind of becoming a concern for me. 13 minutes tonight. It's not only a short amount of minutes, but they're sporadic. You know, a lot of garbage time minutes for him. A lot of short spurts of minutes. Uh, are they easing him back because of the calf injury? Is he ready? Is he not? You know, but it's kind of the reason why we have to eventually think about trading Randall for that first round pick. You know, listen, with the way Randall's playing, I don't want to trade him either. I love it. I wish we would, looking back in hindsight, it's easy to say now, but I wish we would have drafted, you know, a wing or a guard, you know, a Halliburton. Would have made this issue a lot less of an issue. But, kind of like those issues we've had with the Yankees, you know, too much talent is an issue in the end. At that position. So, but they're going to have to figure something out there. At the four spot. You know, it's just weird. We're going to have to figure out what we're doing there. Kevin Knox was pretty quiet tonight again. That's like seven games in a row now where he's in single figures. Shooting below like 30%, maybe at 30% from distance during that span. Uh, eight minutes tonight, just eight minutes. He's regressing, man, hard. <laughs> Looks like a Westchester product right now. But I'll give him I'll give him some some time because he's you know he was so hot for the Knicks for a while so hopefully he finds it soon but it's got to start coming. Um, but yeah I don't know man Tom Thibodeau just with the, with the the weird offensive schemes that he has you know I just wish we saw more action being ran for certain players right. Uh, 
you want to see Mitchell Robinson get involved more. Right? More pick and roll action for this guy. Uh, even last year, I felt like we involved him more, despite Peyton still being our point guard at the time. Like, we, he, he needs more looks, man. I mean, giving him five to seven shots a night is pathetic. It's bullshit, man. And that needs to be talked about more. I feel like we're not talking about this more. Mitchell Robinson needs more attempts. He needs more looks at the rim. We're really good in pick and roll with him when we go RJ and Mitch. But we don't do that enough. They don't play together enough. For Well, they play together a lot. But they don't run enough pick and roll with those two. They're really good in pick and roll. They've got great chemistry. Their two-man game is perfect. But we don't run enough out there. He needs more action, man. He Mitch Robinson needs more PNR action. Simple. Throw him more lobs. You get him five, five shot attempts tonight is pathetic. He was three for four tonight. Why isn't he getting more looks? He's a really good finisher. Yeah, he's got some issues with, with his strength. He's got to get some put some pounds on, but he's still you know, he finished with the highest field goal percentage in league history last year. Just a tad under 70 this year percent. He can throw down the lob. He's a really good rim runner. Five shots a night. If we can double that, give him 10 shots a night, I guarantee he'll at least score you 15 points on average. That's without an offensive arsenal. Playing with RJ Moore. Or run him some more action with RJ. Playing with Emmanuel quickly more. But Tibbs doesn't do that. I don't know what it is. Um, are we worried about Obi Toppin yet? Um, You know, he looks really out of sync. Not in rhythm. No rhythm to what he's doing. We'll see occasional flashes where, you know, he'll look good and pick and pop, fading out to the three or hole. You know, have those baseline cuts, or those cuts from the short corner, and throw one down. Uh, I would like to see more, though. He's got to, again, it comes down to him getting more minutes. He can't be getting 10 minutes a night off the bench. That's not the way to develop a player. Um, so I'm not worried about him. I'm just worried about the way we're developing him. You know? What else do I have here? I'm trying to see. I'm all over the place in my notes here. Um, kind of just did it last minute tonight. But, um, da, 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 da. yeah, it's just the way the offense is ran is so weird, so bizarre to me. And the rotations are very clunky, very awkward. You know, it's the same fixed rotations every game. It's like the same couple of uh, lineups we see. Where there's either no shooting whatsoever, or there's just all dribblers, you know, shot creators who don't move the ball enough. Um, you know, why can't we see more IQ, Burks, RJ, Randall, Mitch? We don't see that enough. I guarantee if we started those five, it would be so much better to watch this team play. And I'm not just talking results. I'm just saying, like, just excitement, youth, development. You got five young guys right there, or four, and then a really good floor spacer in Alec Burks. Promising point guard. And improving R.J. Barrett on the wing. And then Randall and Robinson in the front court doing their thing. It's fun. 
or IQ with RJ and Obi more. With Knox, we need lineups with the youth more often. I was looking on basketball reference, and, you know, lineups with IQ and RJ and Mitch, I don't even think I saw that in the top 20, you know? I did I, I, in terms of, like, the, the three-man rotations, I don't think I saw that. We need to see more IQ with the young kids. Peyton's got to go. I'm sorry, he's pathetic, and he was pathetic again tonight in Utah. Some more empty offense, and again, defensively continues to show why that narrative is overrated. Had some issues, had some trouble reading Utah's offense a couple of times. Basic sets he couldn't read. Why did RJ Barrett just get 11 shot attempts tonight when he was shooting really well? Got 40 minutes and he had 11 shot attempts. You know? And not only is his usage rate not up a fair amount this year, but it's down a tad. It's not up a lot, which I think it should, you know, I was hoping it would have at least been up, you know, 3 to 5%. It's down. I think from 23.4 to 22 point something. Don't quote me on that. But it is down. Despite the field goal percentage being above 42% now, that's up from last year. The free throw percentage is drastically up. The three-point percentage looks like it's improving after that rough stretch. He's finally getting it going there, knock on wood. Um, But he's, you know, another night where he's not featured as much as he should have been and in the ways he should be. Right? Again, the spot-up RJ has got to end. I would rather go point RJ before I go spot-up RJ because at least point RJ is playing him to his strengths on the ball. When we're spotting him up outside the arc for wing threes and elbow three-pointers, that's his biggest weakness. You know? Limit him to two threes a night. Three threes a night, like he's been of late. And he's effective there. But also, give him ball time. Enough of Peyton over-dribbling and just causing stagnance on the offensive end. And more R.J. Barrett doing that dribbling and doing his bulldozing thing. Sure, you can get him in these, you know, motion cuts off the ball and running off screens, but we need some more actions for R.J. Barrett, for Mitchell Robinson, for the young kids, and it's just, it's not enough. It's a very stagnant, freestyle, I don't want to say it, but David Fisdale-esque offense at times where it's, you know, go with the flow. Although Fisdale at times tried to way overcomplicate things. Um, there were also times where Fisdale was just freestyling it. And I feel like with Tibbs, Tibbs, Jesus, sometimes we're doing that. A lot of times. Um, so I'm not going to knock this guy totally. I feel like this whole episode I've been ripping him. And I really think he's done a well job this year. He's got the Knicks competing. And for the most part, again, he's got the young kids at least playing. Right? Mitchell Robinson's starting every night. RJ's amongst the leaders in minutes. Um, you know, he's... Before their recent stretch, Knox has seemed to found a niche. Um, IQ is playing really well. But there are things I, I still want to see him do. Right? I, I still... There are a few things I still would like Tom Thibodeau to 
get out of certain guys. Um, if I were to grade him, I don't think I would go below a B. I don't think I would go above in the A range, but I don't think I would go in the C range either. I would stick somewhere in the B range. Yeah. Better than recent coaches. Still some things I would like to see. And it starts with the point guard, man. It starts with Alfred Payton. So, that's my two cents. <laughs> All right, let's get to the... Um, yeah, we might as well get to the NYY, NYK question of the day, and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right. All right, so um, let's see. Um, last time in episode 206, our NYY, NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. You can download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin if you want to start a podcast. Our question of the day, our NYY, NYK question of the day for last time out in episode 206 was in the 1993-94 season, which Nick became an all-star for the first and only time in his career? The hint was he played 10 seasons with the Knicks. The answer to that question? Charles Oakley. Yes, Charles Oakley. Our pal Charles Oakley. Oak. Alright, that was the answer to 206. Our NYY, NYK question of the day for 207 for tonight's episode, for this episode of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Our question for this, this episode. On Sunday, this past Sunday, against uh, Portland, Emmanuel quickly went off for 31 points on five three-pointers. So outside of quickly, how many other Nick rookies have scored at least 30 points in a game with at least five threes? All right, so I'll say that one more time in case you got lost there. On Sunday night against the Blazers, Emmanuel quickly went off for 31 points hitting five three-pointers. Outside of quickly, so before he did that, how many other Nick rookies scored at least 30 points in a game with at least five threes hit? All right, so that's the question for episode 207. That is our NYY NYK question of the day. You can uh, answer that question by hitting me up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter in my DMs or um, commenting once I publish this podcast. Once I put the promo up, comment there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Once again, this is your host, RJ Carbone. Yes, coming at you with episode 207 of BD4. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. 
Once again, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast right now. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. That'll take you to my site. There should be a tab called Outlets. Click on Outlets. That will take you to a page that displays all my information, the different platforms and feeds for the podcast, where to reach me on social media, and my blog will be on that page as well. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That's all I've got. I will see you maybe this weekend if we do you know, some Yankees talk. Um, I'm busy. I have to go on a couple of other shows some people have asked me to be on, but um, I'm going to try to make room. I'll see what I can do. Sometime in the next two weeks, um, planning on having uh, two of my best buddies, two of my cousins on the show. We're going to talk some UFC, maybe some NFL, some NBA and MLB, maybe. So look forward to that, maybe around the Super Bowl. Try to get them on the show, but we're pretty booked right now. Um, we've got a lot of work to do, but yeah. So so as for this weekend, maybe some Yankees. Um, obviously, the Knicks will continue doing what we've been doing every two games. We publish episodes um, you know, bearing emergency, but that's it guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, once again, one last time, I am your host RJ Carbone, and this is episode 207 of the podcast. I'll see you next time of BD4. I will see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.